dreams come true, they as fine as you. Hi everybody, welcome back life to when it's minus you. Tell me what's real and it might be you. Guess that life and is this you. Is if the vibe is true, back again from the long days vacation. It's been a couple of months. Uh, I mean, I was in Ghana, so you know. I think it was mostly because I was preparing. I was kind of like getting ready, get the things that I need ready for the trip and all that stuff. Because yeah. I had a lot of things that I needed to do in Ghana. So, so how was your trip? It was good. Mm. Uh, it was good. It was it was really fun. Yeah. Well, let's start with the Derek's uh, Jackson or whatever his name is first. I mean, he's, we're not going to give him much time. I don't think he deserves that much time. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do you say that? I don't think he does. Just because I feel like... Like, he said so many things that, in my mind, like, dudes will be looking at him like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to see, right? Mm-hmm. And then, eventually, boom. Boom. You know? He messed up. He messed up. Because his own words, he said he has no sympathy for a guy that is um, cheating. cheating or something like that. Well, I guess nobody ain't going to have no sympathy for him. Nobody's going to have that. <laughs> I don't. I know for sure I don't. <laughs> I don't have no sympathy for him at all. Because I think, like, when you listen to most of his stuff, he talked as though it's the easiest thing to do, right? So let's just say, let's just say, you know, whatever it is that you love, like food, whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you know, this is something that you love Mm -hmm. or something that can easily get to you. You you have the appetite for whatever. You know, those things, how easy is it to just say, I'm going to control myself and I'm not getting this? Yeah, I, I get that part. But like, you know, he was he was speaking some truth. He was speaking truth. Not some. some but like. If everything was truth, then he won't be in this situation himself, is it? But, well, he, he didn't practice what he preached. But he was speaking to other men. Well, but my point is, my point is, if it is that easy. It, um, it's not easy. It's not that's easy. That's my point. It's not easy. My point is, it's not that easy, but he made it sound like it is. Like in his mind, he feels like it's the easiest thing to do. Meanwhile, he's out there doing it. That's true. And then he got caught the first time. Excuse me. He got caught the first time. The wife uh, forgave him and then got caught again. Yeah. Like, nigga, this ain't that easy to do. I don't even think he only cheated twice. I think it's something. I think it's a lot. Yeah, I think it's something he's doing. It's a lot. He just put up this face and, and portrayed that he's. He's, he's he's the best husband. He's out there for women, you know? Like this must... Yeah, because women want to hear that. Yeah. that. That's the thing. Like, we're living. And then he's selling books too. Yeah. So. Like, he's selling books, so for sure he's going to say what he thinks you guys need to hear. Mm-hmm. So that is exactly what he's going to say. Exactly what women need to hear so that women can go out there, especially black women, mm-hmm. who go out there and buy his books, which I don't think he even writes everything. <laughs> That's another thing. I mean, yeah. I'm not there, so I can't really say he didn't, but I don't believe he does write all these books he, by himself. He, he wrote a lot of books. Right? So... I just think he was selling books and he was telling women what women wanted to hear. Not needed to hear, but wanted to hear. Yeah. Which is, well, if your man can be 
blah 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 then he's not man enough all that bs you know i don't have no sympathy for a man mm-hmm. that can be faithful and all i see i see being faithful it's like it's like going to sleep it's like real easy right that's not it anything that you have some sort of attraction to whenever you see it you will like it you will have to control yourself mm-hmm. to not touch it it's, yeah. it's just simple as that yeah so if men naturally have a thing for women or pretty women which means whenever a man sees a pretty woman they naturally get attracted to they like it yeah. it is you to somewhat control yourself and if you do it for years then your brain knows you don't like this no more yeah. so maybe it's like a muscle memory thing now your brain helps you in controlling yourself because you've trained yourself over the years that you are no longer attracted to this because you have a wife so after some years your brain will not give you all that information no more. Mm. But it would take a while. Because once you are attracted to nice people, mm-hmm. once you see a pretty person, your brain tells you you like this. Because you already told your brain you like it. That's true. That's how the human brain works. But he acted as though it's the easiest of things to do. <laughs> like it's so he easy. Was the and, husband. I, and he was the perfect husband, right? And apparently he wasn't. Like, look at. Even the IG model that he went for, I mean, to each his own, whatever that statement is, I will not go for that, right? Mm-hmm. Especially moving from, like, your wife that was pretty calm and collected to, like, uh, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And then, you know the funny thing? I was really feeling for the wife, but then with the video we watched yesterday, like, she came up saying stuff. I'm like, yo, I don't even have any sympathy for you anymore. Oh, <laughs> like she was pretty much cursing, cursing people and putting that, Jesus on it. Uh-huh, whoever that's going to talk bad about their the relationship and their... Oh, my goodness. I'm like, okay. She's not the only person that does that, though. She has been brainwashed, I think. To some extent, but I think majority of Christians are like that. Majority of Christians will curse you and put Jesus on it. Like, and then if you recall, like, when, when she was saying it, some of the things that she was saying, like, choke you slowly. Like, yeah. it makes me think deeper than what you're actually saying. Because yeah. a person that wants something bad to happen to another person will easily say, you know, you choke on whatever, whatever, right? But to say choke you slowly, you have this evil intent mm-hmm. behind it. Yeah. Like, you have this other side of you that is kind of, dangerous like you really want somebody to choke slowly it's like you i'm gonna kill you but i want to kill you slowly to be more painful yeah right and most christians are like that like honestly most christians will curse you out you know they'll pronounce cares on you god will do whatever whatever to you and then they add in the name of jesus (laughs) like i wish your whole family dies i wish that's exactly what she said. Yeah, I wish generation. your your generation <laughs> become first. whatever, whatever, you know. <laughs> and then she adds, in Jesus' name. <laughs> like, like adding in Jesus' name is going to make some shit happen. Like, like Jesus is somewhere in the air watching, going, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah, no. It you know, it doesn't work like that. I don't know why they think like that. But I think majority of religious people, not necessarily Christians. Yeah, no. it would it would have been a different thing if if he was to practice what he was saying, cause like majority of the stuff the stuff he was saying is true, majority of them, I feel like. Well, 
I mean, I didn't really listen to him a lot. Yeah, because so. I posted a message on my WhatsApp, and what he was saying, I'm like, yeah, that's that's so true. But apparently, he didn't practice it. No, because it's hard to. He just made it appear as though it's easy to do it. Yeah. Right? And so, in, in those instances, like, sometimes you give other women that big of a room not to forgive their partners if their partners slip up. Because now they are listening to you thinking, if he can do it, then I need to let him go. Instead of, maybe he's struggling with it. Maybe I should give him some time. Maybe I should give him another chance. Mm -hmm. You know, but he's enforcing that, well, if he can't do it, just kick him out. Yeah. He He's just not a good, of, you know, he's just not good of a person, right? He's kind of enforcing that for women instead of, Maybe he will change. Maybe he will grow. You know, people grow. People change. People have different mindset. Yeah. It's just not as easy as he makes it seem. Like, it's that easy. Mm -hmm. But apparently, well, she figured it out soon. And he figured it out. It's mm -hmm. not easy either. So. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. Well, back to the new year, though. Because this is the first episode of the year. Yeah. That is the first episode. I mean, we wanted to record like a couple of weeks ago when I got back, but yeah. I was tired yeah, and I was always sleepy. Out. Yeah, all that stuff. We we should be back on track now. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely we're back on track, making sure uh, episode is released on time and all that. But the Ghana trip, yes, that I vacation. Well, let's start from going to Ghana in itself. Mm. Originally born in Ghana... And now, at that point where going to Ghana needs a visa, it's kind of annoying. I feel like they, they they don't need it. Like, you know how the Ghana system is. I feel like it's just a money-making machine for somebody somewhere. That's what I feel like. Like getting your visa? And getting visa to go to Ghana and stuff, especially if you have, like, the United States passport. Because then I'm thinking to myself, if other countries made it easy to just come in without a visa, what exactly is stopping Ghanaians from doing it? I mean, it's not just Ghanaians that do it. So, hey, you know, who yeah. am I to complain? I'm sure it might be everywhere. It's just kind of weird. That. It's just kind of weird that I'm originally from Ghana and now I need a visa to go to Ghana. It's kind of weird, but hey, but I don't mind. you naturalized to be a U.S. citizen, so... Oh, I prefer being a U.S. citizen to being a Ghanaian citizen. That, I will tell you. So, that's why you need a visa. That's why you need a visa. I can understand why. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit weird to me sometimes, but, you know. And Ghana is safe, too, because recently, almost every celebrity that you see traveling to Africa is going to going Ghana. Going to Ghana, yeah. Like, almost all of them. And then, uh, <laughs> it's funny how whenever they go, they just go to the president, and they're treated like, I don't know, like kings and queens, and... As that are from Ghana are not treated like that. I wonder why. I would think, so, like, when these celebrities go to Ghana, right? Like, I don't mind them getting special treatment. Because I think they should. Right? They're black people, right? We are black. Even, even if it's a white person that goes to Ghana, I think everybody that goes to Ghana should be treated special. Cause, just because you are there. Mm -hmm. you, you saw how beautiful the place is, and then you came here, right? So you should be treated special. The only problem I have is, you know, they getting access to, like, like for example, the president. 
they're getting that easy access to the president of the country to just go and have conversations and making videos and making videos and stuff i think that kind of reduces the president's authority to some extent because it's not like a Ghanaian art, uh, artist can just walk into the United States and go see the president. No, you can't. You can't even. You get can't even to the see the governor no. of a state, no. right? So why is it that we make it so easy for a celebrity to just come out of you know the states, go straight to talk to the president of Ghana? I mean, I'm no longer a Ghanaian, so who am I to say? And to some extent, I don't blame him for all of it. It, I blame the people that gave him the access. Yeah, to all like, that. You are supposed to protect the place. Because I heard even the Ghanaian celebrities there don't have access no, to that space. No. But money. I, I, I feel like they, they took money. Out. That's just me. You know how Ghana is. It's possible or maybe not. Who knows? Let's talk about all the fun part, cause I don't care about what they do with you know all those stuffs. So I'm not a Ghanaian anyways. Who who am yeah, I to complain? The fun part though, Ghana was great. Ghana was really fun. I bet. I mean, I didn't. You know how before in December, like you can feel that it is December in Ghana. The Christmas. The Christmas and all that stuff. We don't have that no more. We don't have... I think now we have that even in the States, but we don't have it in Ghana. No, we don't have it here. We do. Because as soon as we get to like first week of December, people start decorating their it's, houses. It's just the lights, but you don't... Yeah, but what I mean is... what I'm, That's part of the feeling though. The lights and the decorations make you realize oh, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. They don't do decorations in Ghana? They don't have stuff like that in Ghana no more. Like, it felt like just every other day. And before, you could feel it. Like, you you go to marketplaces, you can feel it. Like, you can feel Christmas in the air mm-hmm. in Ghana. It's not like that no more. It's just like ordinary yeah, day. If you really want to see the fun going on, you have to go to these nice pubs where, you know, rich folks or people that got a lot of money go. That's, mm. you know, that's the... Even there, it looks like every other weekend. Okay. There isn't nothing special for, like, Christmas. Mm. It looked like every other weekend to me. Which is a little bit different. Because last I recall, Christmas in Ghana was like... You can it feel... A deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah, a big deal. Yeah, now... Man, the country... I don't know. It's kind of like a lot of broke people versus few rich folks. And people that got a little bit of money. So people don't really care about stuff like that no more. Yeah. You know, it's like too much corruption. But then it's still a very fun place to be. Like, when you go there, it's like one of the safest places in Africa. So who cares, right? But it was okay. Plus, on the 24th itself was the wedding. Yeah. So it's not like I was really out, out. I was just the entire weekend, you know, at the wedding event. How, how did the wedding go? It was good. It was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. I did have fun. I can't speak for others, but I I did have fun. I mean, I was drunk most of the time. Were you? Ah, uh, most of the time, yeah. Oh. Cause I felt like, you know how most of the time when I meet people that I don't really know like that, I go into my anti-social space and then I stop talking completely. Mm-hmm. 
I wanted to make sure that doesn't happen. So, you know, every day in the morning, you know, I had a little bit of alcohol just to make sure. In the that, morning. Like when I'm going to, you know, the event. Oh. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> like when I'm going to the event, you know, I would just be drinking a little bit just to make sure I'm not too calm. Because mm. around the guys, I will not be calm. Around the guys, I'm cool now, right? Like I will, I'll be fine. I can talk, laugh, do all that. But when I get into the space where I don't know a lot of people, like dancing at the wedding, right? Like the uh, entry, whatever, whatever. I was pretty much like, you know, drinking throughout. Plus, I knew like once the party's over, once I return to the States, I go back to not drinking because I don't really drink. That's why I was I was surprised at, at what you said. Like every day you try to... Yeah, I was just drinking a little bit just to make sure I don't go into like a shy mood, you know? that I can be a little bit more lively, okay. you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so usually I would just, because I had some in the car sometimes, and sometimes when I get to the place, I would just, because most of the time, like, I would just get it, and then I would just keep it in the car or whatever, right? So, you know, I would just drink a little bit in the car, and sometimes the dude that washed my car, he would just throw them away. Hmm. Yeah, because I recall I had, like, two glasses in the car that I knew it was from the party. Which means I was drinking and then I brought it to the car and left it there. You know, something like that. But it was fun. It was really fun. The wedding was great. It went well. I think it pretty much started the Wednesday of it. Yeah, I think the the Wednesday was... um, Something was going on on the Wednesday night. And then on the Thursday night was the the groomsmen and the bridesmaids dinner Mm. on Thursday night. And then Friday was the actual engagement. Man, I had a tough time with that cloth. <laughs> that Kente cloth? Oh. <laughs> Shit. That was a nightmare. Mm. That, like, I couldn't wait to get out of it. That was a nightmare. Like, it kept falling off. But it looked good on the pic- in, in the picture you took, though. I mean, at that point, you know, there was this guy called Harry. Mm-hmm. You know, I got his number. Um, cause I kept sending him to my car to get me stuff. Mm-hmm. So at that point I got to know him a little bit and I got his number and I think, uh, I dashed him a little bit or something like that. So he did it. So that picture, Henry had just done it. <laughs> so it looked good. Okay. And a few minutes later, I would just be falling off. It was just, I was struggling with that cloth, mm-hmm. but it was still fun. It was still fun. And then I think afterwards we changed into the kaftan. You know, the kaftan was really beautiful. Mm. I love, like, I loved it that I had the tailor made different colors for me. Yeah. Like, it was really nice. I really liked it. That's nice. Yeah. So, the engagement was great. The wedding, same thing. I mean, the whole thing was amazing. The whole thing, like, it started, like, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, uh, I think Friday was the engagement. I don't recall what we did after the engagement. I have no idea. Because most of the time after the event, I would still go out to hang out with, you know, Domsen or Nanamuako, you know, some of the guys. So I was still going out, mm-hmm. right? Like even after the event, like yeah. late night. And I would go to sleep like around 2 or 3 a.m. Or sometimes just be up to like 5. And then get up again at 6 and repeat. Dang. Yeah, pretty much. So, Saturday was the wedding itself. We dressed up at um, Golden Tulip. Um, 
Funny though, I told you I met, uh, for some reason, I think there was like an event going on at Gordon Tillip. Yeah, you said you met Kid Kitty, right? So these, you know, young celebrities in Ghana kept, you know, coming in into uh, uh, the hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, and I saw Kitty. I was with uh, Kinsley's son. So I was with him and, and I think Eugene's son, I believe. So we were walking to the elevator and I saw this dude kind of like, you know, disguising himself with, you know, the scarf and the hoodie. I'm like, that's Kitty, right? And so when I said, oh, I think that's Kitty, and then the kids heard it, and then the kids were like, oh, yeah, I think that is him. Mm-hmm. We were just entering the elevator, right? Yeah. And then he was walking in with like a security or something like that behind okay. me. And then I asked the kids if they wanted a picture. And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, then let's go. We'll just push the button. Let's go up. Because I really didn't give a shit. <laughs> like, for some reason, I feel like when... No, because he was probably dressed like that. Because he felt like when people notice him, they would they, just yeah. approach him trying to get, you know, pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And for people like us, man, we just don't give a shit. <laughs> like, there's nothing special to us. Well, let me say for me. And I think I came down to get something. And I was getting into the elevator with uh, Mamiya. Mm-hmm. And Kwame Eugene joined okay. with one of his guys. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he looked like he didn't want to say shit. Like he was in a rush. Because yeah. when, you know, uh, Mamiya walked in, I think she was in the way a little bit. So the elevator wasn't closing. And Kitty kept, I think, was it Kitty or one of his I guys? Kwame Eugene. No, no, no. Kwame Eugene, I mean. Yes. Mm-hmm. As for Kitty, we didn't get in the same elevator. So Kwame Eugene, I think it was him or his other guy that was with him, yeah. kept pushing the number. And then I just turned and looked at him like, you in a rush, huh? Mm-hmm. He didn't say nothing. Like, he didn't want to talk to you. Yeah. I'm like, look at this nigga right here. Mm-hmm. Like, in my mind, I'm like, look at this nigga. And I didn't say nothing back. So I think, mommy, uh, I left the elevator on like the third floor, something like that, and I was going to the fifth. Yeah. I don't know what floor he was going on. I, I don't recall. And then my Mia left, and it was just me, him, and his guy. He still didn't say a word. Like, we were just stuck in an elevator. Like, you know how when you get stuck in an elevator and nobody's talking, it's kind of awkward? Yeah. It's kind of, you know, an awkward like, moment. Okay. <laughs> but because I asked earlier, like, you in a rush, huh? And he didn't make a comment. Uh-huh. I'm like, look at that nigga. Like, in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm not saying one word to you. Right? Yeah. If you think you you a big deal, not to me. I don't care. So when I got to the fifth floor, it's when I noticed he was smiling about something. I didn't really pay attention to what he was smiling at. But then when it opened, and then he said, oh, have a great day. Kwame Eugene said, have yeah. a great day. Mm. And then that's when I turned. I said, oh, have a good one, bro. And I, you know, because in my mind, he didn't want to say anything. So I'm yeah. like, dude. He thought you were going to be that oh, can I get you autograph or Yeah, something. something, right? I mean, eventually he's going to figure out that I don't live there. And if I don't live there, I probably don't Care. give two hicks like, mm-hmm. you know, the people that live there do. Yeah. Yeah. But before I exited, you know, that's when he kind of smiled. I don't know if he was talking to the guy or something, but he had a smile on his face. Yeah. And then he said, oh, have a good day. I'm like, oh, have a good one, bro. And I walked out. About Ghana. Well, this this episode is probably going to be me talking because it's all about Ghana and all that stuff that happened. So, well... Well, you were in Ghana. 
How was it here, though? Let's talk about that first. Yes, I was Then we go back to Ghana. Here with the kids alone. How is it with the kids alone? Stressful. (laughs) I've done it before. For a month? Well, not for a month, but... I've done it for just a weekend, not for a month, a whole month. That's like, that was like, it was just stressful. But um, I managed. (laughs) You got it. Yeah, I managed uh, taking it into school. Going up and down to do people's makeup, going to work on Wednesdays, but um, thank God for my mom and sister Rahel, hands down, yeah. I mean, what would we do with our sister Rahel, right? Yeah. And your mom. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was that was good. I'm glad you got it all figured. I mean, I was still going through stuff in Ghana. I was doing stuff every day. But you were still having fun. It wasn't like you were here. The fun to... was literally like the wedding weekend, though. But get guess what? You were away from the kids for a month. Okay. You didn't have you didn't have to scream. You didn't have to like go to your room and all that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I get that part. I get that part, but I was still doing a lot of stuff in Ghana because uh, I had to like check on the projects that we have. Um, you know, Ghanaian workers, you have to be on them for them to do the job. And I realized when I stopped going there, he stopped doing the work as fast as he was doing it, right? Yeah. Which is a Ghanaian thing. Um, and Ghana police, man. Yeah, you told me they stopped you like what so many times. This like when you're driving a car in Ghana with uh, uh the DVLA uh, number plate, right away they know you don't live here, right? And when they stop you, they want something for it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think my first stop, I was thinking like, like American, I should say, you know, like American, and don't me forgot that the driver's license that I have it's a United States driver's license so I just gave it to him and then instead of like the international driver's license right I had that Colorado license instead of the international at that time Um, so I gave it to him and then they were like no like they they kept me waiting for like 45 minutes to an hour just so they can get money that's crazy yeah like a hundred Ghana city. I mean, after 45 minutes to an hour, I gave it to him. Um, like, I started thinking like a Ghanaian now. Like, thinking like I live there, right? So, once they stopped me, I knew how to talk my way out of it. Because okay. I know once they stopped me, they know it's a DVLA, so they know you're not from here. You don't live here, so they just want money. You know, I wonder why you were stopped so many times this year. Because last year you drove, right? You weren't stopped that much. I was stopped last year. Not a lot like this year. Because yeah. this year I was going out in the night a lot, I think. I think. And then, um, I mean, I think there was like a cop that stopped me this year that was from last year. Oh, did they recognize you? I recognized him. Okay. They don't recognize nobody because they stopped a lot of people That's for money. True. And all they do is getting money, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the tricks that I started using. So even with that guy, when he stopped me, right away I know him. And then uh, I got out of the car and I said, yo, you don't recall me? He's like, nah. I'm like, oh, I'm the dude that you stopped on that runabout last year or so. Mm-hmm. And then you had somebody wreck my car. 
because somebody actually scratched my car when he stopped me in the middle of the street, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure he didn't remember, but he was just making stuff up. Yeah. Like, he knows I know him, so he just <laughs> go with it. He's like, oh, yeah, you can get back in your car. Oh, man, you know, take care of me then. You know, something like that. Yeah. And I think I gave him, like, five or ten Ghana City. I'm like, man... You know, he's like, take care of me. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I just gave him five or ten cities or whatever. And he's like, okay. All right. See you. And then that's it. <laughs> and then after that, whenever they stopped me, I was always like, oh, I'll be right back, man. I'll take care of you. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And then when I go, that's it. That's pretty much all I did. Like, I just kept, you know, talking them out of trying to ask me for money. Yeah. Yeah. I kept talking them out of it. And then you had a personal assistant, I heard. What personal assistant? Oh, mm-hmm. Philly? Philly's not like a personal assistant. No. What do you say, personal assistant? Personal assistant in court. <laughs> no, Philly, cool. Philly. I feel like Philly was like uh, my hero, though. You know, Philly has your same name, Anastasia? Yeah, you yeah, Philly was like my hero. Philly was so helpful this year. Trust me. When. Um, I got a car, a Toyota Vitz. I didn't want to be in that car. Man, I wanted out of it so bad. But it's better than none, right? In the middle of the night, and I had to go get my bags, right? From your mom's house, right? Your dad's house. And it was really late in Accra. Mm -hmm. I don't know Accra like that, right? So... Driving in the night, I was like, nah, somebody that lives here needs to be in the car, mm-hmm. right? Somebody needs to be in the car that lives here because you can't just be, you, I, I don't know a lot of stuff in a car. And sometimes, no matter how tough you think you are, sometimes just, you know, just be humble and pretend you don't know nothing, right? Yeah. So I was thinking about it. And in that very second, she called me. And as soon as she called, it was like a miracle sent from heaven. As soon as she called, I was like, thank God you called. Where are you? And can you get a taxi to me right now? And she's like, uh, it's late. I'm like, I know. That's why I need you to come right now. Because I need to go somewhere. But I need somebody that lives in Accra. In this car, it's too late. I don't want to be, you know, plus the GPS. I don't I don't know the directions. I use GPS. Mm. So GPS, the weirdest thing with GPS is it might take you into some neighborhoods that might not be safe yeah. to be there. You get what I mean? Yeah, because I recall even after we got the bags and bag, we bought rice from somewhere. And then she's like, this neighborhood ain't safe. I'm like, I can tell. I can tell it's not safe. But you here, so hey, you know, at least somebody that speaks gun is here, right? So I was like, you should come right now. She did. Ended up going to get the bags. I told you about getting the bag story. Nightmare. I had to jump over the fence to get in, to knock on the door. I didn't tell you that part. No. I go to the house. The main gate is locked. Sammy's house? Yes, mm-hmm. Sammy's house. The main gate is locked. After about an hour or so, an hour and a half to two hours of living in the place, I kept banging on the door. Nanayao is asleep. He can't hear me. 
and I'm already there. Like I drove about 45 minutes to get there in that crazy little Toyota Vitz, right? About 45 minutes to get, I'm like, I can't go back and then come back again. Yeah. Once I'm here, I need to get it, right? Because I'll be traveling. So I need to get it. And then banged on the door for like 10, 15 minutes. And I was not coming out. So there was like this rocks. It is heaped next to the wall, right? So I was standing on there to scream his name that maybe he would hear me. Yeah. And then while I stood on there, I'm like, oh, the wall, it got shot. The fence got shot while I'm standing on that heaped rocks. So wait, didn't they have like those electrical things? No, there? he doesn't have that yet. Oh my God. That was God. my savior. He didn't have that yet. So when I stood on the rocks and, you know, screamed his name i realized the fence is a little shorter now because i'm now taller standing on the rocks i'm like oh i can jump over this thing the crazy part about that is in ghana in the middle of the night around jumping 12 a.m wearing all black <laughs> jumping over somebody's fence you look like a thief yeah and if somebody screams thief you'll be dead before you can explain this what is your in-laws house <laughs> <laughs> like they will kill you in that very second mm -hmm. so it was a little bit crazy but in that moment i wasn't thinking about that because to me i'm just going into my in-laws house right yeah. so i was like ah whatever i just jumped over it as soon as i jumped over it knocked on the main door then he woke up i'm like man you sleep like a baby maybe he he just didn't want to open it on purpose because he didn't know who he was. Yeah. I mean, if I'm banging on the door for that long, plus Sammy wasn't in the house, wouldn't you think it's probably me or Sammy or somebody? Maybe Sammy has the keys. Okay. That, you get a point. Yeah. Yeah, you get a point. But that is what happened that night. I mean, it was if crazy. It was me, I wouldn't open either. And then the funny thing is, the <laughs> car's door was opened while I'm doing this. So it looks like you're about to steal something and, and take off. Okay. Right? It was it was scary. Yeah, you had a lot of red flags. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of red flags. And then when I got the bags and I got in, and Felice like, you looked like a thief jumping over that fence. I'm like, oh, she was there waiting for you. Yeah, she was just in the car waiting. Wait, so, where did you? So, where were you coming from? Like, I got to get the car, so I left the house with Sammy. Mm -hmm. Sammy dropped me off at um at uh, Oyarifa Park area somewhere there. So you got the car in the middle of the night? I got the car in the middle of the night, okay. like around 10 or 11. Mm. And then that's when I got that confirmation. I'll be traveling the next day. So I'm like, oh, then I need to come back for my bag. Okay. So I need to return to the house again. But I was somewhere else. Uh, I think I ran East Legon at that time. So I'm like, oh, so I need to go back to, I think, or you be or something i'm like dang i don't know the place i need gps and sometimes my phone's gps goes off you have to go to OEB. that's oh. where the house is oh oh somebody's house yeah i think that is where the house is so and then the gps on my phone sometimes goes off right so i need somebody just in case my gps goes off at least right because sometimes it will just disconnect because i was still using the american services yeah yeah so I needed someone. That's when she called. I'm like, thank God you are my hero. Like she went there with me, came back, got food, and then picked the taxi home. And then in the morning, I asked her to get me something else because I kept asking her for favors. Wait, did you, she went back home that night? Yeah. Okay. In the middle of the night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Because she lives there, so she's used to just getting a taxi and all that stuff. Oh, that reminds me. So, I got... Was it that same day or another day? I think there was one point I parked the car. I forgot I let the lights on. Because it's not like a Mercedes where it's like on auto, right? So, it just turns off by itself. No, you have to manually turn this. So, I left the lights on. The car's battery died. Hmm. And at one point, I remember me and her were just walking on the street in the middle of the night, trying to find a taxi that would jumpstart the car to start. It was that night she came. So when she got there, because when I got out waiting for her, I I didn't turn the lights off. Mm -hmm. So when she got a taxi to me, ready to go, the car won't start. So we had to walk on the street to find a taxi to jumpstart the car so we can take it. So how was the Peter Street? Like, because after the wedding, I know you guys went, not like you went Asari, did the Peter Street on the 26th. So, another funny thing with that. So the Peter Street was a Monday, right? On Sunday, after the wedding, you know, we usually have like a lunch after weddings, right? So we had that lunch, hangout, all that stuff. I was drinking the whole time. And then I think I slept in the Airbnb or something actually no hanging out and stuff i stayed up till about two or three mm-hmm. i tried to sleep for a little bit i couldn't so around five or six i had told pentagon to come get me and then we go to asari's place for the feeder street so i couldn't sleep the whole night i was literally up the whole night till about three or four so i was really tired and sleepy like very tired drove back to meet pentagon i was like man i'm tired i'm exhausted as soon as i got there pentagon called i'm here that means i didn't sleep the whole night i've only had like an hour of sleep the whole night Mm. so pentagon got there i'm like you gotta drive and then i sleep why was the drive far uh it's about 25 30 minutes okay so I gave him the kids and that was it. I passed out. No wonder you were sleeping so much when you came back. Yeah, I didn't sleep much in Ghana. So when I went to the feeder street when we were packaging and stuff, like I passed out when I woke up, we were there. And as I was staring at me like, man, just sleep a little bit more. And I'm like, you know what? Once I'm up, I'm up. I'm good. I'm good. I had a toothbrush in my car. So I got, I think, a paste from Asari and started brushing my teeth outside like the Ghanaians do it. Started brushing my teeth there, right there. And then while I was done, we started packaging, doing all that stuff. And I think we ate a little bit rice before we left for Feeder Street. And then it was on. But Feeder Street was successful. That's the good part. It was it was very successful. I think we we had about five to 600 people fed, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we drove... We drove around town to like different parts, like to different parts of Kumasi, mm-hmm. you know, feeding like the homeless, those that are burgers on the street, you know, it was really successful. Like, okay. cause this is the first time we've done feed the street. Yeah. Everything that we've done f- since the foundation started was, you know, paying people hospital bills, um, buying school uniform for kids shoes bags clothes you know stuff like that and then somewhere in the beginning of the year i thought about 
feeding the street. And so I told us, I was like, yo, we should get on the street and feed people, right? Like on Christmas. Because, you know, when, when the rich and people that are um, um, having that privilege to enjoy life to that level on Christmas, they get to go out, have fun and stuff. These people on the street don't really do anything. Yeah. They just dang 24-7, just... Yeah begging for money and some of them sleeping outside right so let's just go out and feed them right let's let's feed those that are in need you know those that you can clearly tell they are either financially or physically you know unable unable to so it was it was good it was good we were able to feed over 500 plus people so i think that was successful especially being the first time and we had few people that actually uh supported i mean asari got good loyal people around him mm-hmm. like which is good because asari is like a very loyal friend so it's it's not surprising that he got people very loyal around him right mm-hmm. that would show up because yeah. even when i went to the gym sometimes you have to go to work he'll make a call and then somebody will come and train me like that they are really loyal to him right mm-hmm. which is good because asari is a very very loyal person it's like yeah. one of the dopest people so we had people that you know joined it was really good. And I mean, I, I suspected there were a lot of people that were always told, yeah, I'm going to be there. You know, just call me. And they won't, they won't do it, right? But even with Ofori, like Ofori got married uh, on Saturday. On Sunday, he probably did, you know, church hangout, whatever, lunch, all that stuff. Okay. He showed up to support. He was actually with us on the street on Monday. Which is crazy, right? Like yeah. somebody that just got married. You should be in bed with your wife right now. Right. Like he actually woke up six o'clock in the morning to help feed the street with us. So that was that was great. Like you know, it was good seeing people that are, you know, genuinely wanting other people happy and wanting to help other people just come with us and just feed the street. Mm-hmm. Feed the street was really good and I'm hoping this year if I happen to make it to Ghana, we do it again probably for like over a thousand people so we kind of like start uh, planning ahead of time like we did the other one the planning is ahead of time so in december itself you don't necessarily need a lot of financial stuff or anything everything is already done Mm because if you wait to that very moment you know it's it's not going to be that fun to do it but fiddestry was really good fiddestry was good and you know know, sometimes you don't know the kind of blessings you get from doing this kind of stuff. People just think, oh, I have to go to church and pay my tithes, and that's about it. But doing this kind of thing, uh, it comes with a lot of blessings. I do believe so. Yeah. I mean, it's funny to me when I tell people that I don't celebrate Christmas, yeah. and I'm the one feeding people on Christmas, and the ones that do celebrate Christmas are actually chilling with their girlfriends. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you don't celebrate Christmas, somebody... You know, Christmas might might mean something to somebody, but they don't have the financial aspect or the financial yeah to, to celebrate, know, celebrate it like it. they so want like, to. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's great. I think for me personally, like I always, I think most most of the time, like doing things for people just genuinely makes me happy. Just mm-hmm. to see somebody else smile or be good, it's like, yeah. you know, like you if you need something and I'm capable then why not, yeah. right? Like I always say, even if people borrow money from me and stuff like that, I'm like, once the money goes, it's gone. I don't really need it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So 
it was really good and flying in Ghana is also great. It's like thirty minutes from Kumasi to Accra. It's like yeah. magic. I remember when um I think the very Fifteen inch. I didn't want to fly. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because I asked them, "Is that a Ghanaian pilot?" (laughs) And they're like, "Yes." I'm like, "I'm not flying if it's a Ghanaian pilot." I don't trust them. This bus for six good hours after flying for like thirteen hours. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? And and this one is good. This one is good. It's like thirty minutes. It's like magic. It's like a snap of a finger. Boom. Usually, I take a nap because I'm always tired in Ghana. So. I'll just take a nap, listening to music while I pass out, and then by the time I wake up, I'm already in Accra. So it was it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, Ghana was good, but hey, this episode is just to talk about Ghana and a little bit about the Derek's guy. But who cares? You know, we catch up on the next episode and we really get back to the merry sex part too, because that's where we were at yeah. before the vacation and all this stuff that came in and all that stuff. But hey. Alright, catch you guys on the next one. When you meet Dyson, dreams come true, they as fine as you. Why is a life when it's mine as you? Tell me what's real and it might be you. Yes, a life is you if the vibe is true, huh? Why at me excitement? Why does it bring pressure? Already a diamond. Can they mind their business with silence? The day you and I meet perfect timing, why? When you can't be but it's up. Drown me, baby, in a wap. Clue so raw, no cap. When you catch phrase where baby don't stop Where we they go out of space no stops Love me how I love you no drop